It is episode 33 of the Rockies Now podcast. We are a Colorado Rockies podcast. You can follow us at Rockies Now on all of your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, X, Instagram, and Threads page. I'm your host, Stephen, and with me is my co-host, Tom. I hope you have had a good week, Tom. Playoff baseball is finally here, but uh, the Rockies season has come to a end. Um, final thoughts as uh, the Rockies finished the year with 59 wins and uh, 103 losses. It's a little sad that uh, we are part we have that the 103 100 loss season happened during our lifetime. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, though, as you and I talked about in the previous episode, there are silver linings to this 100 loss season specifically. And as we both can agree, I hope that uh, many other fans in the Rockies fan base are there are brighter days ahead of for us. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in uh, today's podcast. For those who are listening, today is going to be a little bit shorter just because we're heading into the off season. Um, now, usually during the season, our shows were right around close to about an hour and a half on average, maybe a little bit shorter than that. But during the off season, we're going to try to shoot for 45 minutes, just to keep your guys' time uh, nice and safe for you there. Um, yeah, so we're just going to basically jump in. Uh, we're going to kind of just very quickly just kind of look back at the Rocky season this year. It shouldn't take us very long. Um, yeah, like this year, it didn't go well. Like, simply put it, it was a bad season, probably the worst season in Rocky's history in, uh, in, in many ways. I think the pitching definitely took a big hit this year. Um, probably the worst pitching we've seen in the Rockies 31 year history. Um, albeit, you know, I think the injuries were a huge part of that. I mean, you're talking, you know, Marquez out for the year until later next season. Same thing with Sensatella. Um, basically their entire pitching rotation was decimated. You know, they had to call up several guys from AAA to come start. Um, and Ty Block was a starter basically for the second half. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you would have asked me, you know, back in March or April, if this would have happened, I would have, I wouldn't have believed you. It was, it was just, it was so bad. Um, yet there are some positives that we can take away from in the rotation, because you look at the rotation, the way it was like all the guys that were in the rotation this year, or at least in the second half of the season, they weren't even on the, uh, you know, the, the rotation to start the season, but you know, Ty Block did pretty well to hold himself in the rotation. You know, he had a couple bumpy starts in the second half. But overall, Ty Block did well. Ryan Feltner, um, you know, he he pitched a, a couple games, and he pitched pretty well um, considering what he's coming back from. It's easy to have butterflies on the mound and being nervous, after, especially what happened um, back in May. And you look at um, Peter Lambert, who – you know, I think we're probably going to see him in the rotation sometime next year, especially in the first half when Marquez and Senzatello will be still recovering from their injuries. But I think there's definitely some positives in that rotation, despite, you know, the ERA. Um, if you look it up, it, it's pretty bad. But still, you have guys like Chase Anderson, who nearly threw a no-hitter against the Giants a couple of weeks ago, right? And and he finished pretty well. Um and so in the rotation was bad. All right. And then the bullpen, the bullpen was actually surprisingly a strength for this team, in this, especially in the first half of the year. They had guys like Brad Hand, Brent Suter, uh, Justin Lawrence. A bunch of guys were just pitching extremely well. And all of a sudden it kind of, you know, we, we talked about this, I think, uh, you know, in the first podcast of the second half when we were doing the Yankee series. I think we were talking about how expect to see some, you know, 
bad numbers in, in, in the bullpen going into the second half of the season because most of these guys are rookies or very young, and they're, they've never really experienced the dog days of August and September. So, you know, and it was to be expected, like we've, we've said all along. And then the offense. The offense, I think, this year took a step forward a little bit, um, especially with some of the young players that they have. Um, with with guys like Nolan Jones and Ezekiel Tovar, especially, and uh, and not to mention, you know, Ryan McMahon had another, you know, solid season offensively. You know, with uh, you know, 23, 24 home runs this year, and uh, got close to 80 RBIs. But and, you know, it's kind of discouraging because I know somebody pointed this out, but uh, the Rockies had zero players that had more than 80 RBIs. So you know, that's that's something that's got to improve next year. Um, and I, I think you look at, you know, the offense, especially the end of the season, the Rockies were rolling out a, a pretty heavy young lineup. And I think, you know, the Rockies, they, they've realized that they're in a rebuild mode and they're going to have to play a lot of these young guys as they uh, grow through this transition period of seeing the younger, you know, the younger kids play. And I think just looking back at this entire season, you know, it wasn't all all bad. Yes, it was bad, but it wasn't all bad. There's definitely some positives. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, I'll, I'll hand it off to Tom here on his thoughts on the 2023 20, season. But I think just overall, it was a bad year. But I, I think, you know, if you look at some of the positives, you know, I'm looking at Nolan Jones for sure. Um, you know, not to mention winning the rookie of the month and, you know, rookie of the week. Um, I, I think that's pretty huge. Brent Doyle, you know, he might be a, a very exciting player. I think he's going to be exciting. Um, Tovar, I think, is is not getting talked enough about. Um, there's a there's a bunch of young players um, going into next year that I think we're, we should be excited about. And I think just watching the last game against the Twins, there is just there's a vibe around this team that you know th- there's some there's there's some hope that the Rockies can uh, turn this thing around the next couple of years. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, the most encouraging thing about this season, in spite that this was, I looked it up, the 10th, 100th, 10th, lo- 10th season of 90 or more losses, um, there's a lot more positives that I would say that in some of those recent seasons, whereas you look back at, what was it? It was 15. You look back at 2015 and 2014, you had back-to-back 90 loss seasons. But of course, we know what happened after 20, after those seasons, 2016, 17. It took a, it didn't take very long to make the playoffs once again after in 2017. But the biggest positive when you look at this team is that there is building blocks to build a stable core for the next contending Rockies team. I mean, you mentioned you hit the nail on the head with certain guys. You know, it was amazing to see Nolan Jones win rookie of the week and month to round out the season. So it's performances this season from players like him, Ryan McMahon, even it's positive that Charlie Blackman is coming back. You know, even at, as we commented in the last episode, even at 37 years old, he's still a formidable hitter. He's, he's, I mean, obviously he's not the same defender he once was. His legs are not the same, so he's not going to be playing the alpha very much. But he still presents a lot of positives as far as playing on the field and also in the clubhouse as a, lead, as a veteran leader. Um, the big encouragement, of course, is not just guys like Nolan Jones, Ryan McMahon, having, who we voted as our two picks for MVPs of this uh, 2023 Rockies team, but... You know, Tovar, Doyle, and you got veterans like Diaz and Bryant to supplement that. And of course, as we, even as nice to see Ilarius Montero 
have somewhat of a breakout second half there that he could probably carry that momentum into 2024 as well. So the biggest positive is that the position player core is starting to take shape, in my opinion, for the next contending Rockies team. And as you hit, obviously elaborated on the pitching staff, the biggest uh, issue that doesn't breed much enthusiasm or confidence going forward is the amount of injuries that the pitching staff sustained. That was, I, I firmly believe that if we didn't sustain as many injuries, particularly in the rotation, and there was some consistency and you had guys like Kyle Freeland, Austin Gomber, uh, even if Herman Marquez did not need Tommy John surgery, and perhaps you mix in a couple other guys, even Antonio Sensatella, if you had some consistency in terms of all of them making 30 starts, I think it would have seen a much better output from not just the performance of the pitching staff, but the record would have been a heck of a lot better in my opinion, because if you look at teams that have consistency and do somehow avoid too many injuries to their to their pitching rotation, that leads to a lot of quality wins and a lot of quality starts specifically that do lead to those wins. So that was the biggest bugaboo in my opinion. If somehow, just somehow, they can, you know, as, as they say, the greatest ability is availability. If somehow, just somehow, the Rockies can sustain, can maintain some level of health next season, especially among the pitching staff, I think we're going to see much better results, not just in terms of the wins loss column, but in terms of potential development from potential progression from both veterans and even any young pitchers that do come up even. And of course you can't throw Peter Lambert into that conversation as well. Yeah. And like I mentioned, you know, a minute ago, the Rockies basically had their hands up at this point saying, you know what, we have to rebuild and that's what they've been doing. And it's not like, uh, you know, you know, some people are saying, well, the Rockies are refusing. No, this, this year we've finally been able to see, well, actually I think in past years, the Rockies, you know, they, you know, minus the Jeff Reich era, but you know, the Rockies, they, they rebuilt and, you know, I'm looking at some of the numbers in terms of, you know, the standings and this year, a lot of the numbers are similar to what we, you know, had in 2012 and 2015 and 2016, a lot of people forget, like you mentioned, a lot of people forget that in 2016, the Rockies were actually in the wildcard race. And then of course, when Trevor Story got injured, and a bunch of other guys got injured as well. The Rockies just went downhill and didn't finish the season very well. However, you know, what happened the season after was just insane. You know, the Rockies, they go off to, I believe, I forget the start, but they won. I think they were like the first team in the National League to hit 30 wins, uh, which is, which was awesome. I remember that. Um, and it just like the roster was very much kind of like the same from the year before. And so it's not all about going out and getting free agents and, you know, paying the money. And I, and, and, you know, we just talked about this last week in the past couple of weeks, you know, look at San Diego, you know, they, in their market, right. Um, just announced, I believe it was today or yesterday, Bob Melvin is uh, returning to the Padres, which, you know, is kind of, I don't know, it makes me scratch my head a little bit because, you know, I've heard a lot of negativity from San Diego and like the clubhouse is not very good. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look like, you know, the Mets as well, you know, they go out and spend, you know, millions and millions of dollars on these players and yet they trade them at the trade deadline and they can't make the playoffs. And sometimes when you spend money, it, you're not guaranteed a playoff spot. Right. And, and I think that at the end of the day, you, you know, like we alluded to, I believe last week, um, sometimes when you overlook uh, analytics or, you know, free agency by spending money, sometimes that can actually put you in a worse spot than, where you already were. Right. And so I think 
with the Rockies, with what they have this year in, in the rotation. I think the Rockies have a decent rotation. It's not perfect. I understand there's injuries, but, you know, again, you know, Marquez, you know, he's coming off of a, uh, you know, I think he was going to have a good season this year if he wasn't injured because, you know, he, he had a very good start. I believe his first start was um, against the, yeah, it was against the Potters on opening day. That was great. Um, you know, he was going to have a bounce back year. A lot of people had him having a bounce back year and yet he has to get Tommy John and that really sucks. But I think, you know, what I'm alluding to is that I, I think with what the Rockies were hit with, which was the injury bug and a bunch of, you know, these, you know, kind of unperforming stats from some of these players, um, you know, I, I think it's it's definitely a, a year where it kind of needed to happen. I think Bill Schmidt, you know, uh, has realized that, you know what, we want to go toward a route where we can kind of sustain a winning team and build a winning team. And I think by doing that, you have to build around some of these young players and, and Nolan Jones, who, you know, I, I think, you know, arguably he could be the rookie of the year this year. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen with – Corbin Carroll, those seasons he's had, not to mention he's on a team that's going to the division series. Um, I think Nolan Jones is for sure. I think he should definitely be a number two lock for uh, for National League Rookie of the Year. Um, no question about it. I mean, if you look at the stats, you can go check them up um, online. But Nolan Jones arguably is, you know, in some stats is better than Corbin Carroll. And that says a lot. And especially for a guy that, didn't make his debut until late May and uh, really started coming on in the second half of the season. And you're talking about a guy who was in many ways, the MVP of this Rockies team in the second half. So um, I think the Rockies, they have a, a great player, Nolan Jones, Brent Doyle is going to win his first gold glove this year. Um, and Ezekiel Tovar, who I think is also going to win a gold glove eventually. He's going to be a very good shortstop, if not an all-star shortstop. So if you're the Colorado Rockies, you want to build around that rotation and build around this core. And I think that's what they're doing right now. That's coming up through the minor league system, um, you know, with uh, Amador and Fernandez and, uh, and Sterling Thompson, Jordan Beck, there's a whole bunch of players. And I think, you know, just watching the playoffs, which we'll talk about at the end of the, at the end of the show, um, just watching the playoffs and watching the D backs who were kind of in our position just a year or two ago. Right. And look at where they're they're at now. Right. They just took down the Brewers, um, which is crazy. And a lot a lot of people didn't have the D-backs going out of the uh, wild card. Um, and so, you know, the Rockies, you know, funny stuff will happen. And, and the Rockies, they've done that before. And, uh, you know, of course, things usually never happen twice, but you never know. I mean, the Rockies, they might have a chance to pull this thing around if, uh, if everything goes right. And that's a huge if. Right. Because there's injuries connected to that but the Rockies if they can turn this thing around the next year or two uh we might be looking at Rocktober soon I don't know we'll see I believe so too I believe so for sure it's just you know as you point out the biggest kind of comparison we can look at is the Diamondbacks to just where they were a few short years ago and yeah just to everybody remembers that we it was 2017 we lost them in that offensive powered a wild card game where that was just complete offense. That was an offensive game. There was no pitching whatsoever from either side. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, John Gray didn't even last an inning, but that's ancient yeah. history. That's ancient history at this point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, it, it's just that when I look at the Diamondbacks, they're such a dynamic team. 
And we do have players on this current young players on this current Rockies roster that could kind of not mirror their the their core skill set uh, eye for eye, but very similar in terms of how they play the game. And of course, we got the right man. They have a great manager leading the team in Terry Lavello. We have the right man who in, in Bud Black, whom, in spite of this treacherous season, the players, everybody on this roster, still played hard for him. He, they respect him. He has their, he has their respect, um, and he has their attention, and they're all buying into what he's preaching. Yeah, and you know, I saw an article today that you know, Bud Black said that he wants to be here, you know, for the next group that's coming up through the system, not just right now, but the next group of young players that are coming up. And I think that's exciting too because this is really, you know, a, you know, fun fact. This is the first year that Bud Black has ever been a manager of a hundred loss team. And I think for him, this, I'm sure this is new for him. And, and, and yet I think this is a great experience for him because sometimes, you know, you need that experience of having a hundred loss season on your resume to turn this thing around. I mean, again, like, you know, you alluded to uh Tori Lovello, you know, he, he was on the hot seat in Arizona a couple of years ago when they lost, mm-hmm. I believe 110 or 111 games in Arizona. Right. And um, you know, a lot of people were calling for his job and look what happened. He was a big piece in turning, this Arizona team around and, and uh, taking them to the playoffs. And, and, and I, I think Bud Black is the right guy for the job, which I believe we got a question from a fan, which we'll answer to in a second mm-hmm. about that. But I, I think Bud Black is the right man for the job. And I think if you look at the 2017 and 2018 seasons, Bud Black is one of the big reasons why we made the playoffs in those two years because of the rotation it was solid. Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland. We all know how good uh, of a year he had. Um, you know, he's you know an eighteen point one WAR player uh, or a pitcher, I should say, for the Rockies. And and Marquez seventeen point seven WAR pitcher. And you know, so you know, and the, these guys they are young when they're coming up. And, and Bob Black was their manager. And I think with the young crop that's coming up through the system, you know, with Chase Dolanders and, and Joe Rock and um, Carson Palmquist, guys like that. Um, Jaden Hill, even, you know, I know he's in the Arizona fall league right now and, and hopefully he, he has a good fall, but you know, the Rockies, they have some pitchers, they have some arms here. And I think, you know, a lot of people weren't really necessarily talking about, um, Kyle Freeland when he was coming up, you know, he, he wasn't really, you know, on the newspapers, if you want to call it that until he was called up and people were like, Oh, okay. He, he's a rookie. And immediately he started pitching well. Right. And uh, so there's, there's a, a bunch of players on the Rockies farm system um, that are going to be exciting. Pitchers are going to be exciting. You know, hopefully they can be exciting. I think there's a couple arms definitely out there that I'm really excited about. Chase Dollinger is obviously one of them, which we talked about a lot on this podcast already, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, I think if you're looking at Arizona, I think, you know, I, I excuse me, if you're the Rockies, you want to look at Arizona, uh, the Orioles, another good one, another team that, you know, lost a hundred plus games two years ago. And uh, they, I, you know, I think what the Orioles, the Orioles are such in a great spot right now. I think they're going to be the new Houston Astros in terms of, you know, development and talent because it's still, it's hard to believe still just thinking about it, that from top to bottom, they have the best farm system in baseball and yet there's more coming and a lot more coming. And, they already have a a, a, a bright young group in, in Baltimore, and you're looking at a, a team that I think could be a World Series contender for – I'm not talking for the next couple of years. I'm talking for the next decade because of what they've been able to do. And 
And, you know, they were, they had a sacrifice in some ways, you know, multiple hundred lost seasons. And, uh, and a lot of Oriole fans were worried, were they ever going to get out of the, the basement and then that uh, American League East division. And now they're seeing the fruits of it. Right. And so I think for the Rockies, you know, it's, it's, it seems very bleak, right? We, we've had, you know, fifth place finishes the last few years and, and there's, you know, there might be, seem to be like not a lot of hope for this Rockies team, especially with the altitude, it's hard to pitch here. But I think if you just look at the talent that the Rockies have, I think this is probably the most amount of talent that we have. That's at least that's coming up through the system that I've ever seen as a Rockies fan. Um, because I feel like whenever the Rockies were kind of getting close to that competitive window, it was like in 17 and 18, the Rockies, they had a, a few players like here and there in AAA and AA that were like, oh, yeah, watch out for this guy. But you're looking from, you know, basically AA all the way to low A and even rookie ball. You're looking at a bunch of potentially future stars, right? And so I think the Rockies, their future is in good hands. I think they just have to execute that and stay healthy. Um, which is going to be very key for them in the next couple of years for them. And, and obviously the D-backs, they're going to be a problem for the Rockies. I think when the Rockies window is opening, Dodgers, I think they're still going to be competitive no matter what. Um, San Diego, you know, I could see them going down a bit because I think this offseason they were rumored to lower their payroll quite a bit. And the Giants, I don't know what's going on with the Giants, you know, Tom. I, I know you texted me the other day about the Giants and what they're doing. Like, what are they doing? Like, nobody really knows because I feel like with their ownership and, and their front office, it's like we don't really know what the Giants are doing. So maybe the Rockies have have a prime opportunity in the next year or two to kind of get out of that basement spot. Yeah, I don't. With the Gabe Kapler firing, I just it caught me by surprise because just a few short years ago. Um, it was, uh, 20, what was it? 20, it was 2021. It was, I believe it was 2021. They beat out the Dodgers for the NL West, uh, division title. And yeah. that was, uh, they won, I think it was 101 games. I believe might've been 102, but, um, however, I think this past this season, they did, I think the front office could have done better in getting him a much more diverse team in terms of what he had to work with. So Kapler did what he, did a not so did a pretty good job uh with what he was dealt all things considered um so yeah it's gonna be uh, I, i'm puzzled by that i, I was very mm-hmm. puzzled because he's a, sure he's a little outspoken uh on one hand in terms of his personality but in terms of man, being a manager he is a he is a great leader in terms of how he runs a team, how he establishes just preaches discipline and playing the game the right way amongst his players. He's kind of got that, how I put it, the old school kind of not brash, but just kind of stern mentality, which is what you want, I think, in the leader because you don't want players getting coddled nowadays, too much nowadays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's I I I was very shocked. I didn't that's a firing. I did yeah. that's among among the firings, manager firings that have happened so far, that was not one that I saw coming. Yeah. Um not to mention so, the Giants players, they loved Gabe Kapler from what I've heard. Like the Giants players, they yeah. loved him just the way he was open to the players, very laid back. And I think he was a good manager for them. And same, like I was kind of shocked that they fired him because necessary. I mean, they were close to a playoff spot, but the roster, they had injuries, you know, Mitch Hanniger didn't play a whole lot. Uh, Michael Conforto, he, I I feel like he very barely played for them. They had so many injuries and yeah, like I, I really, I don't know if you can really blame that on Gabe Kapler, really. You really can't. And uh, so 
I think, well, yeah, well they are losing one, another one. They lost Buster Posey, a franchise icon, and they're going to lose another one in Brandon Crawford this year. I think, I don't believe, I'm not sure if it was, he made an official announcement, but I think he is, in fact, going to retire. So, because okay. uh, this, if I remember, if I, if memory serves me correctly, this was the last year of his current contract. And, you know, he's not the player that he, that he was during those Giants championship runs. So I think he's going to retire. So yet another long time, um, a player that played his entire career with one franchise is going to be retiring very soon. Um, just to run around quickly in terms of the division. Yeah. Uh, the Padres, that's I think I know Bob Melvin's a great manager. Again, he took what was a ragtag Oakland A's team to the playoffs for a number of years, which is what helped him get the job in San Diego. If anything, if I'm Padres ownership, I'm firing AJ Preller. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm yep. on the record. I will sing that until the day he's fired. And I don't wish anyone to lose their job, but that's a guy who has earned the right to lose his job. I mean, come on, dude. Yep. You you convinced the Padres ownership to spend all this money, and not just a lot of money, but a lot of they're locked down to a lot of star play, a lot of players for a lengthy period of time. Tatis, Bogarts, Machado, and um, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, yeah, not, I was about to say Soto, but he's not locked down long term just yet. But he will be by some team eventually. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, uh, Bob Melvin. I don't think I think their the collapse for this team was a player driven problem. There's I think there's other ways, other fingers you can point other than a Bob Melvin. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers, they're the Dodgers. I mean, my goodness, yep. it's, it's, I don't think I need much more to say about it, except I did see a funny little article. I can't remember what Dodgers um, uh, beat source it was, but it was somebody was talking about if the Dodgers don't win the World Series, they all want Dave Roberts to be fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I understand your uh, fr- some, their frustration, but yeah. you got a guy who, I mean, he hasn't let, any less, a lot of lesser managers would have let the wheels fall off and then basically just run the train off the, off the tracks, if that makes any sense to use the metaphor. Um, but I, I think Dave Roberts, he's, he's going to be just fine. Uh, the only way he gets fired is if they, do, is the day I think that the, the Dodgers don't make the playoffs and then the Diamondbacks. I mean, yeah, they're, they are, I, I agree with you. They are going to be stiff competition in this division for the next several years, given the team that they built if the front office supplements uh, their these this young core with the right veterans, including Evan Longoria, who had two really good plays in the wild card round, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna they're gonna be just fine. Yeah, and uh, you know San Diego. Oh man, um, like again, <laughs> I feel like like I'm officially I think our our page is officially a San Diego hate you know page. But anyways, um, yeah, no, like you don't want to see anybody get fired. But at the same time, though, I agree with you, AJ Preller he hasn't spent money wisely. Like he signed nope, Bogarts to 11 know. years. Tatis was at 14 years or something like that. Uh, I think it was 13 actually. 13. Okay. 13. And, but still it's, you're talking about, uh, and it's, it's like, I think I mentioned it last week, but whenever Tatis is healthy for most of the year, the Padres have not made the playoffs minus 2020. So it's just like, maybe you get rid of Tatis to make the playoff. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know what's going on in San Diego. I feel like they have a great fan base, by the way. They have, they, like, this year, this year they sold out, I think, every single home game, which is great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But you have to show your fans, hey, we're willing, we're going to do this. You know, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes when you spend a whole lot of money, you know, it's just like, okay, now prove it, that you can win. And the Potters haven't proved that. And I watched on MLB Network this morning, 
and they were actually talking about the Padres and they saw multiple issues, not only the, you know, the GM, but the, the clubhouse and the players. And I think it was a Machado that said, Hey, we're going to, you know, turn this thing around. And I feel like we're close. They weren't even close to no. being looking like a competitive team. Yeah. They, I mean, they were riding it out until the last week of the season. And then they got eliminated, but still they did not, the way they, they were terrible offensively on base percentage this year. They were terrible. Like one of the worst in baseball. That's not a, that's not a playoff team. And yet you have multiple all-stars on your team. Jake Cronenworth, you have Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, who didn't have that great of a year. And you, now you're stuck with him for the next nine years. Now you're hoping that he has a great year next year, but yet like, and yet, and not only that, but you have a all-star loaded pitching rotation and you still can't win. And so, you know, and, and I feel like the Padres were looking at the Dodgers and listen, when, when you're a big market team and you look at the Dodgers, that's a great way to you know do that. But the Padres, they're not a big market team. They're a small market team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't go out and get the, get the big stuff, right? You, you, you can't get go out there all the time and get the Xander Bargards and, 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 and Sotos and Machados. And now Machado, I, I remember when he signed with San Diego, I was like, okay, that's weird. But then it kind of made sense. But all of a sudden last year, especially last year when they started making all these moves, basically like signing like guys off the free agent market left and right. I'm like, what are they doing? Like they got to let some of the younger kids play. And now they trade them all away for, you know, these aging veterans players. Right. And and now mentioned some of these veteran players are good, but like, again, I mentioned last week, they had no farm system. Like it's depleted. They had like, they only have a, I think only one or two top 100 prospects, maybe three. Um, You know, it's, it's not looking pretty good. It's not looking good. So, you know, I, I, there's rumors that, you know, Soto will be offloaded this offseason and a lot of people have him going to the Yankees or, or you know, because I think Soto said that he wants to go out, back out east. But the Soto experiment, experiment didn't go well in San Diego. I mean, even though he had a good season this year, but it's just like, like I, like I mentioned last week, they basically sold their souls to the devil to try to, you know, win a, basically it was a win now or we're, we're screwed, right? And I think mm. now they're like, trying to you know say to the fan base hey wait till next year but next year's like they've been saying that for the past three or four years hey wait till next year we're going to be a world series team and yet they just disappoint yet again so i i'm i'm interested to see what they do this offseason um but i i think i agree with you that aj preller should be removed from his job i think bob melvin has done an incredible job with uh with that team it's not his fault necessarily now he's not a perfect manager uh, I saw some stuff, you know, some videos on Twitter or X, however you call it, of uh, some moves and like, you know, some uh, stats I saw. I'm like, oh, that's not too good. But overall, he's a good manager. But AJ Preller, ever since he's been in San Diego, it's all about it's all about, about talk, but nothing has really come up for them that's proven, hey, they're a, a winning franchise, right? You know, 2022 NLCS run, um, that was nice. But, you know, I, it's just I don't know what's going on. Uh, in San Diego or San Francisco for that matter. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Talk is cheap. They just put their faith in the wrong guys so far because <laughs> in my opinion, they failed to get Aaron judge. They, they made If the rumors are correct, they made a, a bigger offer than the Yankees did judge chose to go back to the biggest market in sports in New York. And mm-hmm. I think the Bogarts signing was a panic signing. We didn't get judge. Let's go get Bogarts and Scott Boris fleece and Scott, or as uh, one former MLB executive said, 
about that signing, the Padres got borassed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that tells you a lot for a judge to not go to either of those teams and go back to the Yankees, right? And the Yankees didn't make the playoffs this year, but for a judge to go back to New York instead of going back to his home state to a team that he grew up cheering for, that tells you a lot. Actually, I think actually he he grew up a Giants fan though. Oh, he did. Okay, a, yeah. a Giants fan. That's right. But still, you know, for him to refuse the Giants contract and going back to the play for the Yankees, that tells you a lot. Um, but also too, I think he just he loves to. I mean, who wouldn't love to be a Yankee? I mean, you know, maybe not me, but <laughs> not you know, me uh, yeah. It's just I, I think I you know I don't blame Aaron Judge because I mean you know like it's a historic franchise that's been rooted in winning except this year. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm actually kind of happy that we have some change in the playoffs instead of always seeing the Red Sox and Yankees and Cardinals in the playoffs. But anyways, um, I, I digress, but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it tells you a lot that, you know, Aaron judge, you know, didn't go to it because I remember, you know, the, the tweet by, uh, you know, John Heyman, the famous tweet, arson judge is going to the giants. Oh, uh, I get that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, it, it tells you a lot and, uh, you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll have to see what the giants do. I mean, like, again, I'm interested to see what the giants do. I'm interested to see what the Potters do, but I don't know if something happens and, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat hopeful as an NL West Rockies fan that something does happen to both those teams to where the Rockies can kind of jump up out of that National League West, because I, I think if they can do that, they're going to have a lot of confidence. And not only that, they're going to have a, a farm system that's going to be coming up and that's going to be, uh, improving each day um moving on to our second segment um to our fan question segment we have a a a couple questions here we want to answer uh first question we have here do you think bud black is the guy for the rebuild and again tom and me were or tom and i were uh, talking about this just a few minutes ago um tom i'll let you go first uh talking about uh bud black yes i agree 100 percent uh, the, the key, Bud Black has managed some winning teams and he's managed some losing teams. And one comment I'll add about mm-hmm. the, as you put it, as you put it, at one point, they just had their hands up in the air and they were just pulling as many arms as they could out of their farm system to eat up innings. I think that Bud Black was the right man for the job, considering he's a former pitcher. He's been a longstanding pitching coach before he became a manager. He knows how to navigate and properly manage both a starting rotation and a bullpen. So I think he was definitely the right man to help navigate that this season, or I should say not the right man, but one of the one of the uh, men who is best qualified for that. So in my opinion, I'm a big Bud Black praiser. The guy, he know as I've commented on the record before, he knows how to manage a game. He knows how to manage a team, whether it's a one of the highest rated teams in the MLB or one of the lowest rated teams in the MLB. He's shown he can lead winning teams to the playoffs in two, with two different organizations. That's the Rockies and San Diego Padres. And uh, I know, and I, and I, we know for a fact, he has the buy-in in terms of respect from both the veterans and the young players in that clubhouse. He has the support of the front office. The only way I think he, and I'm not trying to sound like he's guaranteed, he has guaranteed safety here. The only way I think he, walks he leaves the Rockies organization if he decides it's time for him to make it's just he believes it's time he and Bill Schmidt come to mutual agreement that it's time to move on so Bud Black I know he wants a World Series ring and I think he can navigate this team help navigate this organization back to the playoffs uh so absolutely 1000% I I am a 100% Bud Black supporter I believe in him I believe in him yeah I do too I, I you know and I understand the 
uh, you know, somewhat understand that, you know, some people are negative about, you know, you know, well, he's not putting Goodman or Montero in the lineup. Well, I think one of the reasons why, you know, let's say, uh, you know, uh, Goodman, for instance, right. Uh, Hunter Goodman, I think was not put in the lineup, I think to end the year, because I know a lot of people were talking, you know, uh, crap about, you know, buddy about not putting him in the lineup at like the last week or so. I think one of the reasons why is because of, you know, Chris Bryant, and, you know, I know, I know he's had a, you know, a very tough year in terms of injuries, but also performance-wise. But you have to play him. You can't just rest Chris Bryant on the bench because you're paying him a bunch of money, right? You're, he's your highest-paid player. You just can't put him on the bench. And I know people say, well, he's not performing well. Well, it's the end of the season. He's not playing for the playoffs. And now, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, he's, he's quitting. No, but you have to put him on the field. But also, too, I think Hunter Goodman was going through some illnesses. And I think the Rockies – um, clubhouse was going through some illnesses. I know Chris Bryant, he was sick. I think Hunter Goodman was also dealing with some sickness as well. So that's why he was not playing Goodman. But also, you know, the Rockies, you look at the, you know, and, and I remember uh, right before the trade deadline, a lot of people were like, oh, just watch Bud Black will, you know, play a lot of the veterans in the second half, just like he did last year. Well, Bud Black did the exact opposite. I, I, you know, I, I think this year we saw seven or, you know, six to seven rookies in the, in the lineup this year. Right. And I think that tells you that he's not against playing Montero or uh, Goodman or, uh, you know, uh, you know, Doyle or Jones. No, he's not against it. the Rockies. You know, they gave him plenty of playing time uh, this year. And I think they want to bounce the lineup. Right. And I think that's, that's important too. And you just can't always put, you know, um, all rookies in there. Right. And that's why next year, like, you know, uh, and we'll talk about this, you know, uh, in, in a minute and actually, you know what, let's talk about now the Rockies. Um, they, they, uh, have extended Charlie Blackman for one year. So he's coming back, which is great. And, you know, I love that. I love that, uh, that signing. I love that extension because the Rockies, they need a guy like Charlie Blackman next year. And, and for him, the way that Charlie hit this year, especially after his injury, he was, playing very well like he was playing like old charlie blackman he was hitting triples he was getting stolen bases he was hitting doubles um and i I, that's what the rockies need they need a guy like charlie blackman because you know i think the two oldest players next year on the roster or at least in in terms of the lineup will be charlie blackman and chris bryan so you need those guys those two guys to kind of you know for the younger players to look up to right and i think if you go all rookies that's not a bright idea because you're going to have guys that are ha- going to have no idea if they need help or they need some, you know, some, you know, ideas or whenever they get, you know, an over four performance and they need somebody to talk to, to come up to them and say, Hey, you need to fix this, you know, which Charlie Blackman has done very well this year uh, to guys like Tovar, Nolan Jones and, and guys like that. The Rockies, they need guys like Charlie Blackman and Chris Bryant to, to be there. And I think, you know, uh, for Bud Black, you know, to be here, I, I think it's very important because I think he he knows what the lineup should look like, and he knows who to play and who not to play uh, on a regular on a regular basis. And I think he's the right man for this job because I really do believe that there's not a lot of people that would do well at this job where the Rockies are at right now than Bo Black because he's done so much for this organization. And to be honest with you, this year I think could have gotten even worse. But with the way Bo Black handled things. I think he did an incredible job, especially with the roster that he was given and that he has. I think the Rockies, uh, you know, 
have done a great job in keeping Bo Black around. And, you know, he's going to be here next year. And, uh, you know, maybe the Rockies will extend him another year because I know last spring they signed him to a, a year extension through 2024. I would not be surprised if they do that again this offseason or going to spring training because I feel like Bo Black, you know, again, like going back to 2017, you know, that Rockies team was kind of young. You know, yeah, you had veterans like Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado and, and DJ LeMayhew, but you had a, a somewhat younger lineup. And look where that took, look where Bud Black took them. He took them to two back, back-to-back playoff appearances for the first time in team history. And so I, I think I agree with you. I think Bud Black is, uh, is the right man for the job. So great question there. Um, second question uh, when do you think is the a realistic time time frame? Excuse me for the Rockies to be contenders. And I think we we've had multiple questions about this, and, and I, we'll answer it again. Um, Tom, I, I guess you can go first. When do you think is a realistic time frame or timeline when the Rockies might be back in October? Twenty twenty five is when I think they could put themselves in position to become serious contenders. Mm-hmm. Next year, pending. Excuse me. Uh, with ble- the blessing of good health and some guys continuing to take greater strides forward, such as Jones, Tovar, Doyle, um, you could even throw Brendan Rodgers if he st- if he of course stays healthy, he could take steps forward. Montero, if young, if those young player co- players, along with anybody else that comes up throughout the se- course of the season, maybe even take. If they earn rotation spots, like I mentioned, uh, Peter Lambert is an example. If they take steps forward, we could see the Rockies make incremental improvements. And of course, Charlie Blackman and Chris Bryant stay the course as the as the solid veterans in terms that they are. I think you could. The thing is, if we make that incremental improvement, I could see next year the Rockies, you know, inching their way into maybe the, the a third place finish in the division. Um, and then if that's the case and Bill Schmidt supplements this roster with some, maybe some, maybe one surprising or two, a couple of solid veteran acquisitions either the VF agency or trades, I could see them then working their way up into the conversation with the Diamondbacks and challenge being two teams that could challenge the Dodgers for the division title. And uh, of course me, I didn't mention the Giants or the Padres in the conversation because well, at this point, both those organizations, I think, have the biggest question marks in terms of leadership moving forward. So, but uh, to answer the question, I would say next year they could make us make some incremental improvements forward, and then if that's the case, then twenty twenty five is when I can see them making their way into possibly being considered a contender. Yeah, I think twenty twenty four is going to be a, a, like again, it might be a year like twenty twenty three, but I think twenty twenty three was heavily influenced by injuries because again, like you know, uh, Marquez. You know, if he would have had, you know, a full season, I think the Rockies would have avoided on the losses easily. I think it would have been somewhat similar as last year. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with 2025 as well. Um, I think 2024 might be another difficult season, maybe another, another 90 loss season plus. Um, but I'm looking at guys like Adele Amador, who I think will be up by the end of the season. I think Drew Romo will for sure be up here. And if Zach Veen is healthy, I think he'll be up here. Um, you know, if he's hitting well, I think he's probably going to start in double A. You know, once he's healthy, he's probably going to start in double A, uh, where Romo is going to start triple A. I think if, if, if Zach Veen can 
really get things together in double A. And if he can kind of prove that, you know what, the injury was causing me to have these poor numbers over the last, you know, year or so, I think he can get a quick call up to triple A and even to the major leagues. We'll see what happens. I mean, Romo, you know, one thing I do like about the Rockies here is that they're not rushing it, right? It's easy to call up Romo right away. Like I thought there was a chance that they were going to call up Romo like the final week of the season. But then, you know, I think we talked about briefly that, you know what, maybe they shouldn't rush into it because, you know, you, you know, it's not very good. You know, the Rockies, they kind of did that with Brendan Rodgers in 2019. Um, that didn't do, do so well because Rodgers got hurt that year. Um, and he was hurt in 2020, I believe, as well. So this is all part of the progression. I think the Rockies are in a good place to kind of start thinking about 2025, 2026. Um, I think realistically, playoff-wise, I'm going to go with 2025. I, I think, you know, and, and people say, well, is that because of the D-backs and Orioles? Yeah, why not? You know, it, it's fun to think about it, fun to dream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 2025 might be the year we get back in the playoffs. However, you do have to look at, you know, the NOS, right? You know, you always have to look at the NOS. It's arguably, the, you know, the, the best, if not one of the best divisions in baseball. Um, of course, you do have the NL East, who, you know, they're going to be very good um, in the next few years because the Nationals, they're, they're kind of, they're bad right now, but they're going to be good in the next few years. They're going to, they're kind of like the Rockies in that same boat. Um, you know, the Padres, like I mentioned, you know, the Padres, I think they're going to be, Here's my bold take. I think the Padres are going to hit 100 losses in a couple of years, um, because I just I feel I just feel like not because I like okay. A part of me says I hate the Padres. I want to see them lose 100 games, but also too the way things are just laid out for them, they don't have a good future right now. Their future looks pretty bleak, um, unless that they you know let's just say they get rid of AJ Perla and they bring in a guy that's you know what we're gonna we're not gonna rebuild, but we're gonna kind of get rid of seeing these players for some, you know, draft capital and for some uh, younger players that can help us, you know, kind of stay afloat. Where the Padres, they're just riding it off until into the sunset, basically hoping that they can win a World Series. Giants, again, we don't really know. Like, we don't really know if they're going to be com- competing next year uh, for the playoffs, and that's what they've been doing for the past couple of years, and they have not made it. So, really, it, it's all up to the Rockies. And if they make the playoffs in 2025, I think it's probably going to be a – you know, third wild card spot, most likely, maybe even second wild card spot, depending on how they on how they do. But I, I think to answer your question there, I, I think the Rockies are going to start competing by 2025. I think 2024 will be another building block, another building season for the Rockies. I'm looking at 2025 for sure. Um, 26 to be in the playoff contention uh, window. So um yeah, I think, again, we've talked a lot about this almost every single week. There's a lot to be excited about, um, but also, too, you know, you kind of have to, you know, look in between the lines, so looking at the NL West and the way the, the roster is right now and where the farm system is at right now and where the farm system at right now. And I know a lot of people are looking at the farm system saying, well, it's kind of middle of the pack. It's kind of mid, not looking great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. I think, like I mentioned before, I mentioned this many times, I, I believe the Rockies minor league system is highly, well, maybe not highly, but maybe, uh, you know, underrated. I think there's a lot of, you know, diamonds in the rough type of players. And uh, Cole Carrick, who we drafted this year, I think he's going to be a very good player for us. I mean, a lot of people had him as being an average hitter. He lit up low A ball, and he's already in single A, I believe, uh, or he's going to be in single A to start the season next year. And you might even see him in double A uh, for that matter. Jordan Beck, right? You know, he's already – 
in the conversation of, you know, starting in, in, in AAA next year, right? And he probably will get into AAA next year. Sterling Thompson, same, same thing. You know, he's hitting, I believe, 500 ball right now in, in, in the Arizona Fall League. So they have a bunch of these young players that's going to be coming up, you know, you know, the Rockies, they have good young players now. Just wait for the next few years. They're going to have, you know, at least five, six, seven, eight more guys that might have better talent than the guys that we have right now. And, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some excitement there for sure. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Caden, for that question. Um, last question we have for tonight. Honest predictions for our team next year. Uh, record, best player, do we make a jump? Um, basically, like – kind of like the same question you know i think next year is going to be you know a most likely anywhere from an 80 to 90 loss season um i don't think i think this year we really hit rock bottom if you want to phrase that kindly um i i think you know best player you know it's hard to say but i i might go with nolan jones here you know i think the rockies they found a star and i mean that because of what he's done the rockies have not had a guy like nolan jones in years i mean you're looking at a guy who is potentially could win the rookie of the year. However, I don't think he will, but you're looking at a guy that, you know, if Corbin Carroll wasn't up in the big leagues, you're looking at rookie of the year right here. So I think Nolan Jones is going to be somebody to watch for sure. Tovar, Ryan McMahon, I think we could see us take a step forward. However, we've been saying that for the past few years, but there's a bunch of players that we could put into this mix, but I'm going to go say Nolan Jones uh, might be the best player next year. Um, definitely a sleeper pick. That's, you know, maybe not sleeper. Uh, I'll take that back, but I, I think he's going to be a, a very good player for us next year. And uh, do we make a jump for the playoffs? You never know. That's one thing that uh, Bob Black likes to say, you know, it's baseball. You never know. Uh, Tom, what do you think? No. Yeah. In terms of next season, I think um, we do make a jump in my personal opinion. If we could make, 85 uh, decreased down to 85 losses. That would be a huge step forward in my eyes, which means we had, hopefully we were blessed with good pitching health and we took, and other guys took uh, some solid steps forward in terms of their development. Um, so I think that would be a huge plus because when I look back at, again, I'm using a comparison to my other favorite team when the White Sox lost hundred games in 2018, they took a big jump, They not big jump, but a jump to, down to 89 losses in 2019 but looking past the win-loss record they had a lot of great individual performances that season that helped shape their success for the next couple years um so i think if the rockies can get to that 85 loss 85 loss mark i think they're in pretty good hands in terms of making another prime push forward to being into that um being considered a contending team um in terms of individual player i just you know, I just listened to the latest episode of the Drew Griffin podcast and Nolan, he interviewed Nolan Jones and Nolan, he, it was kind of hard to hear him because he was, he was on the road and he was on a cell phone. So it was kind of hard to hear what Nolan was saying or kind of mm-hmm. tough to hear what he was saying, but he just seems like he's got a quiet confidence about him. He is a guy who is a diligent worker. He's not, I guess, uh, to use a comparison, uh, I guess we're bashing the Padres, continue with the Bash the Padres podcast. He is diff- much different in terms of his maturity in comparison to the Padres super- young superstar, Fernando Tatis. Uh, again, Tatis, you need to start maturing because otherwise you're going to probably dance yourself right off the stage, pal, even though he's mm-hmm. probably not going to hear my words. Uh, but <laughs> Nolan, I think, I think, um, yeah, Nolan Jones, I think, is a guy whom this 
the I think the heart of the could be a solid part of the heart of this lineup and could be as we as we were commenting about earlier, you know, people are saying, oh, the Rockies didn't have a, I think it was, who was it? It didn't have an 80 RBI player. Well, the other, the thing I'll say to that is, well, they also didn't, they also had a terrible, a tough time getting on base. They were one of the lowest on base percentage teams this season. Um, so if you don't get players on base, you can't score runs. So, and once you have guys getting that, um, it'll open up opportunities for guys like Nolan Jones and a guy who I think will ha- be continue to be a quiet solid contributor in Ryan McMahon and Ezekiel Tovar. I think again, that guy's just going to be, he has, he could be the next Rocky shortstop for seven to 10 years. I think um, assuming he doesn't get poached by another big market team. Um, so that's my thing. I do think, no, it was great to see a guy like Nolan Jones, who I think had he played the full season would definitely and maintain that same level of production. He would be right there in the conversation with Corbin Carroll and challenge and give him serious challenge for the and a rookie of the year award. So that's what I think uh, in terms of uh, the bright spots in terms of where we are going forward in terms and look when looking at next season. Mm-hmm. Now heading to our last segment of the podcast for the first podcast of the off season, I guess uh, I know it's sad, you know, you know, playoff baseball is, is here though. You know, that's, that's exciting. Um, we made our picks obviously early in the week. Um, the postseason, man, it, it's wild. Uh, you know, so far my bracket is looking okay. Uh, I know mine's um, shot. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, yeah, you're like, I was okay. So the diamondbacks, man, like we were talking about, like they have a young scrappy team, like the Brewers, like they held the Brewers, and yet I will say the Brewers' offense this year was not good, and we saw that in the division series. The pitching wasn't good either. I mean, it just they completely fell flat on their face. The Diamondbacks, I like in my bracket. For those that want to see our brackets, you can go on our uh, Threads page and our Instagram page and our uh, and our uh, um, Twitter. X. Yeah, X. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> You're right. Yeah, or one of those pages. Um, you can see our bracket and kind of see what it looks like. I had the D-backs beating the Brewers, and I don't know. When I made the, my bracket, I was like, you know what? Something tells me the D-backs are going to win. And, like, my brother, he was laughing. Kind of like He's like, there's no way they're beating the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when the D-backs won yesterday, I just looked at him and kind of, like, winked at him. I'm like, how do you feel now? So, um, but, yeah, I mean, the D-backs, man. I mean, I even had the D-backs beating the Dodgers. Now, will that happen? Probably not. I don't know. We'll see. I mean – you never know. I mean, who knows? Well, I will say this. The Dodgers rotation doesn't have a lot of experience because you've got to remember, Urias is out. Uh, Gonsolin's out. Uh, basically, their only experienced pitcher is Clayton Kershaw. And Kershaw has had his bad moments in the postseason. We always know that he chokes in the postseason. Um, so, in some ways, I'm hoping, you know, as a Rockies fan, I really hate the Dodgers, obviously. So, I'm kind of cheering for the D-backs to win there. Um, obviously we all picked the Phillies to, to, to beat the Marlins, the Marlins, they just, they didn't have the talent. They didn't have enough talent. Like their only good player in the postseason was Josh Bell. And that was basically, yeah, I know, um, their starting pitcher yesterday. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Garrett, I think, oh yeah, Braxton Garrett. That's right. He had a first good few innings and then they took him out. Um, the, the Marlins, I think they'll, they'll be better next year. Um, I think this year just, Kind of reminds me of the Rockies of, of 2017. I think they're, they're going to be better next year. Um, Rays, come on, Rays. What happened? Like, you, uh, I picked the Rays. It's, it's, yeah, it was it's, bad. It, yeah. It's, it's back-to-back years. They just fl- fell flat in the playoffs. 
Right. And yeah, it's just, ah, uh, like, I, I mean, last year, uh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Know, actually, I had them, I had them win the world series last year. And I was like, you know what? I think, you know, when I was making my bracket, I was like, you know what? I think they're going to have, you know, some bad taste from their last, uh, you know, from last year. I think they're going to have revenge. They're going to win the world series this year. And the Rangers just slapped him right in the face. And the Rangers, man, I, the Rangers might be a sleeper pick to go to the world series or at least the ALCS this year. Yeah, the Rangers basically said, "Hey, you guys were the uh, one of the top teams here. Hold my beer, please." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's and the thing and the thing that amazes me about that series is, you know, Nathan Avaldi. That guy is just an ageless. Is just an, he gets better with. He's like a, a solid glass of red wine. He gets better with age. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, Montgomery. And they're doing they they destroyed the Rays in that series without Scherzer and Degrom, their two highest paid uh, highest paid pitchers. So, um. Yeah, I just the Rays again back to back years they fell flat on their face in the postseason. The Rangers, yeah, they are definitely I agree with you a sleeper pick as far as that goes. You know, I, as a White Sox fan, I will say I will give it up. Congratulations to the Twins. I'm winning your first, uh, what was it? Your first playoff game in, yeah, uh, your first the first playoff game in 19 years and your first playoff series in 21 years. Mm -hmm. So talk about quite a drought there. So congratulations to them. And one quick comment I'll make. My God, Carlos Correa, he is got you know, putting the cheating scandal aside here. He is one of the most heads up players defensively I think I've ever seen. I mean, that play that just pickoff play at second base and that one play at third, where the third baseman booted the slow moving grounder, and he just comes up right behind, fakes the throw to first and gets the runner out at home who made the who made the turn. Man, that was great. So the Blue Jays, they're still a very talented team, but the twins it's just wow that that was they played very well i mean my god rocco baldelli has kept that team in check even though they had some mid-season turmoil but yeah and yeah. then as you put out the d-backs my god it, comparison to the brewers they're the more talent on paper they have the more raw talent and they showed the brewers you know hey move, move aside move aside please especially in game one they set the tone when they got to corbin corbin burns early one of the best pitchers in baseball mm -hmm. so they definitely showed hey you know, we may be young, but we're ready to win. We're ready to take, we'll give you a run for your money, no matter who you are. And then, I mean, my, my, my dark horse pick the Phillies, you know, Hey, they, it, uh, to be honest, that's, or first of all, that was my only pick that I got correctly in the wild card round. Ha ha ha. Um, but the Marlins, I agree with you. They're a good team. Kim Yang definitely made some good silent, quiet moves, both in the off season and at the trade deadlines to, to get this team their first playoff appearance since 2003 when they won the world series. So uh, honestly, I get them a round of applause for that. That's a great job on them. Uh, but the Phillies were just the better team, but uh, they, they, and they showed it. So with Nola and Wheeler giving near flawless performances in uh, both, in both games uh, to start. So it doesn't surprise me. And it is kind of a funny little thing. Now the two uh, NL wild card, NL division rounds are matchups of division rivals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's gonna be fun. So the division series, for those that don't know, will be starting on Saturday. Yep. Um, that should be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, very quickly, you know, before we end tonight's show, uh, yeah, the Twins, uh, Royce Lewis, man, he, he's gonna be a special player for them. I mean, he was a guy that's been struggling with injuries for a couple of years, kind of been waiting to get that call and kind of become that big piece of the uh, Twins lineup. And he was special, especially in Game One, hitting two home runs there. Um, the pitching staff for the twins has been amazing. Right. And, uh, you know, for so many years, 
the twins, they, they were like, we have the offense. We just need the pitching. Well, now you have it. Now the twins might be a, a fun team to watch. However, I do have the Astros beating them because it's just like, you know, the Astros, they're going to be the Astros. So like we say that to the Dodgers, you know, the Astros, they're going to be, you know, they have that, that feeling in them. They have that, you know, that dog in them, if you want to call it that to yeah. be the better team in the playoffs. And I think they're going to, you know, I could see the, you know, the twins kind of, giving a rough time to the, to the Astros, but with that crowd, man, and Houston, it's always loud. at Minute Maid park. It's always loud. It's always a frenzy there. I, I expect this to be a, probably a three or four game series. I don't expect this to go five games for the full five games there. Um, and then, uh, like I said, the Rangers, they could be a dark horse world series team. Um, and then, uh, you know, D backs, I, you know, I would love to see them beat the Dodgers. Realistically, they will probably lose, probably get swept knowing the Dodgers, but you know, I, you know, hopefully my prediction stands true that they beat the Dodgers and they uh, go to the NLCS. And then I, you know, it was a hard time for me because it was just like, okay, do I pick the Braves or the Phillies in the NLDS? And, and for me, I picked the Braves just because I feel like last year, you know, they had that, uh, that, Somewhat a humiliating uh, DS loss to the Phillies. They lost three games to one. Um, you know that, that's going to be a that's probably going to be the series to watch for me, just because of those two rivals and what happened last year. But also, you're looking at you know the best lineup lineup in baseball, in my opinion, versus you know probably the most exciting group of bunch of players in Philadelphia. Um, so that should be fun to watch. And so uh, my World Series predictions, they're shattered, um, or dreams, they're shattered. At least the Rays are, but, you know, maybe the D-backs can kind of help me out a little bit there. But, uh, you know, it should be a fun uh, couple weeks. Uh, so, you know, you know, I, I, you know, we're just missing the Rockies here. And, you know, I, again, like we talked about tonight, I think the Rockies, I don't know. I just, they're, like when, when, when I was watching the, um, the first, you know, day of the postseason, something in me said the Rockies will be here soon. Like it won't be long until the Rockies are back. And I, and I, I I'm not saying that because I'm a big Rockies fanboy. I, you know, I am, but I'm saying it out of realistically, I feel like the Rockies will be here soon, maybe in the next couple of years. And I think the Rockies, you can see that coming. Right. And I think like we've talked on tonight, you know, the Rockies, they have a ways to go, but they're getting there. And I think, you know, you have to look at teams like the Orioles, the, uh, you know, the Astros from the mid 2010s, right. Uh, that's how, like, look where they got to. And um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think the Rockies, um, they have um, a, a lot to look forward to and uh, I'm excited to see what the, what the postseason brings. So uh, Tom, do you have any final thoughts before we end tonight's show? Yeah. To your point is I feel the same feeling, whether it comes to the White Sox or the Rockies, the Rockies, I think have a more, upward trajectory future but i agree with you you know, it makes you think back to their last postseason appearance in 18 and you feel you get a sense of a feeling what it took to get to that point with that team uh i feel similar vibes with this team and real quick i guess i'll run through my predictions for the world series i got a feeling the texas i think i got a pulling of an upset between the rangers and the orioles i think the orioles are formidable and they had a great turnaround season but i don't think they're ready for to move past into the uh, championship series. So I got the Rangers be upsetting the Orioles. Uh, putting the cheating scandal aside, the Astros, they're just such a great team. And plus also I got some, uh, this, so a little bit of a rooting for, I'm rooting for former White Sox, longtime White Sox first baseman, Jose Abreu to finally get his chance at a World Series ring. So I think the Astros will beat the Twins. Um, Dodgers called me crazy. I'm pulling off the upset. I think that the, I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks to pull off that upset. Uh, I'd rather see them win than the Dodgers. And I'm holding true that hopefully the Braves 
continue to move on as my World Series pick. But if they don't, the Phillies, I mean, I, I'm, whoever wins that series, I'm rooting for to win the World Series. So I, I don't have a really preference on who wins, but I'm hopefully rooting for my pick to be correct with the Braves. Um, but yeah, hopefully, again, Rockies fans, let's all be patient and hope for that the Rockies, that Rocktober is not too far around the corner. This will conclude this episode of the Rockies Now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review all of our social media pages. We love hearing from all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Have a great day, everyone. And as always, go Rockies.